We're here uh, with uh, Kathy Dahlkemper. She's the county executive of Erie County. Welcome, uh, Mrs. Dahlkemper. Thanks for being here. And we'll get you. Am I on? There you go. <laughs> Great to be with you. <laughs> if it's okay, I'll call you Kathy That's for the rest perfect. of the program. That's perfect. And we have Laith Wardy. He is the uh, president of uh, Executive Pulse and also on the standing committee of Emerge 2040. Welcome, Laith. Welcome. Appreciate it. Appreciate you being here. All righty. So uh, we, we uh, it's a family show. We do origin stories. We, we heard uh, Kathy's back when she was here for our second uh, full show. Uh, Late, did you grow up here? Or are you a transplant? How did you get to Erie? I actually came here to go to college at Mercyhurst. When wow! It went before it was a university. When it was a mere college, I was there. <laughs> yeah. What was your What was your degree in? It's business administration. Okay. I had a, a concentration in economics. Okay, you know. so this is something mm-hmm. that when you were a wee little boy, you wanted to do. Basically. Not really. I kind of <laughs> fell into it. <laughs> well, this is this is terrific. And right now, in your in your day job, uh, you provide uh, CRM, customer relationship management, for yeah. And I have my certification in economic development, and I really work in the economic development okay. space. Not so much in Erie, but like DCD and Harrisburg is a big client of ours. We work with states, provinces, metro areas. So I do a lot of work in the economic development world. Okay, okay. And I'm just thinking of. You know, a lot of people make major investments in customer relationship management, you know. Um, I mean, that seems to be the thing that you need to do now to distinguish yourself as a company. You can't do that broad outreach. You have to really have that one-on-one yeah. taking care of customers, we, right? We I really mean, service that sliver of, we're, you know, we provide CRM solutions, but just to specifically economic community workforce development agencies and entities well, throughout North America. That's cool because I, I feel like if there's a, if there's a state agency that seems to really know what's happening here it's the uh with community and economic development folks down in harrisburg right i mean they seem to really be well versed with uh kind of the eerie uh you know what's happening at street level here yeah they're i think not only are they well versed i think that their attitudes about eerie have changed dramatically in the last few years i'm sure you had a little bit to do with that not really but i'm just saying it's interesting now because people are coming here and they're like wow this is so great there's so much momentum and you know a few years ago i would be in harrisburg and say you have to come to here and they'd be no thanks you know now they love it so (laughs) that's that's beautiful you know there's an interesting story behind this um and i was witness to this so a few years ago there was quite a few of us meeting with two um, high-level uh, individuals from the Department of Community Economic Development. And we were all sitting around um, a very large table, and they came to ask us what our needs were in Erie County. And uh, there was elected officials there. There was people who headed up uh, numerous different agencies. And during this discussion, um, we almost had like a little family feud. Uh, people had different thoughts on what we needed here and and it was almost like a little fight going on around the table it was very embarrassing i have to say that for our community and it was at that point that i think a lot of us were like wow we really got to get our act together and we have to speak with one voice and we need to have our our you know our community discussions that maybe uh go come from different viewpoints before we sit in front of the officials from the state department so (laughs) it sounds like very much like the godfather you know you you don't you don't Let's you don't it let it outside right. the, the so, family, right? Um, so really, it was a wake-up <laughs> moment for our community. And, wow. and since then, a lot has changed. And we did come together um, around more of a shared vision. And, and what we're hearing now from the Department 
of Community Economic Development, which is easier to say DCED, um, is that they're hearing one voice from Erie. Yeah. And not only that department, but other departments in Harrisburg. And that's something they said for a long time. They struggled with our community because they'd have so many voices coming down. They didn't really know who to listen to and, you know, then what direction to go in terms of assisting us. Now they have a clear direction. Do you feel like we are getting close to kind of a common agenda? Oh, Uh, I do. And that's why I say, you know, that's why we are getting so much support uh, from those state departments because we have turned that corner mm-hmm. we have come together with that one voice and and the the secretary of the dced dennis davin who happens to be from allegheny county he comes up here quite frequently and i always say he's the most frequent flyer in terms of <laughs> secretaries from the wolf administration coming up here but he loves this community and he really has seen uh the great changes we've made fantastic well we're here to talk about emerge 2040 um uh, and uh, what is Emerge 2040? Emerge 2040 creates a thriving, educated, livable, green, and connected Erie County by guiding the implementation of the region's 25-year plan for sustainability through collaborative and inclusive leadership. That's the mission statement. And so four years into it, uh, how are we feeling? Is that, is that still a pretty relevant mission statement for us as a community? It's more relevant now than it's probably ever been before. We have a lot of opportunities, but we still have a lot of challenges. And this is really the overarching framework that takes us into the future. So, I mean, you know, I know there's a lot of plans. There's plans at the neighborhood level. The city's got a plan. This is the overarching vision. This is kind Mm -hmm. of the vision and mission of where we need to go as a community. If we want to be globally relevant and competitive, that's what this is all about. I think what was really amazing to me and i participated on the public side of this Uh, again i wasn't part of any uh, committee or anything i just if there was a public meeting that i could go to i went right and uh, and just to find out that 3500 people added input to this plan this is the comprehensive regional plan i mean there is there is no other uh, plan that had that kind of input i mean and like we said earlier, you know, I think like Erie Refocus, they, they worked on that for si- for six months. And, you know, there were a few committees that participated in that. This was this was I mean, the, I mean, the, the point of even outreach of saying, hey, we're going to train you and give you a box of, of uh, supplies and you can go to the, the bowling leagues and the garden clubs and the the church Sunday schools and get input for the 25 year plan. No, and that and that was uh, the beauty of this, you know. Uh, and there were struggles along the way as this plan was brought forward because we had not done anything of this magnitude in a very long it's been time. fifty years, uh, yeah, right? Was, right. Was exactly. it Nolan in sixty-two? Yeah. Well, or, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Um, and so, uh, I think we learned a lot, a lot along the way. And um, one of the most amazing stories I heard out of that whole uh, time period of the three years when the plan was being um, brought together was there was people from similar um, focuses brought around a table. And so uh, housing was one of those. So all the people in Erie County that really had anything to do with housing were brought around the table. And if you remember John Haran, who no longer is with us, but John was at the uh, City Housing Authority for for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget John saying to me, wow, I met people I'd never met before. And John had been in housing forever. So we really started looking at things on that more global footprint and really bringing all the parties together. Um, and that really helped to uh, shape what this vision is. So uh, the uh, there are work groups now, and there's five areas of emphasis. 
eco- uh, economy and workforce, housing and neighborhoods, environment, transportation and infrastructure and community facilities. And uh, again, this thing, I want to say we we contributed a million dollars of local money and then uh, HUD provided the, what was it, over $3 million? Yes. Over, well, over time, I think it was... Uh... You know what? Now, Joel, you're asking yeah, me to go I mean, back. It's, it's, well, my, it's been eight it's years, been, right? Yeah, right. Well, when I came in to office uh, six years ago, this was just finishing up the third yeah. year mm-hmm. of the study piece. Right. Um, and so uh, then it was, you know, compiled, brought together and released uh, four years ago. So, um, gosh, I don't remember the exact figure, so I hate to even say well, that. But it, was, it, but it was millions. It was millions. And if I remember correctly, it was competitive situation. We we benefited and won this opportunity to do this plan with HUD paying for it. And uh, again, HUD HUD has principles with these plans: uh, transportation choices and equitable and affordable housing, economic competitiveness, and supporting existing communities, and in leveraging federal policies and investment and valuing communities and neighborhoods. And again, th- this is the the beauty of this as well is that this is a totally transparent plan. If anybody wants to download the plan, it's a PDF. I mean, it's a big one, but you can download it and get to the granular level of what is of what is involved in this uh, situation. There are eight topics that I do want to talk about today. We're going to kind of pace ourselves, uh, and that is economic growth and job development, education and training, vibrant and safe communities, land use, infrastructure and transportation, environment, arts and culture and recreation community health and regional collaboration and leadership. And, and much like if you went to uh, an event, uh, you know, where, you know, where there's a speaker, if you want to raise your hand and call in a question, 679-1080 is the number to call. We'd love for you to participate. We're going to jump right in, uh, in just in just a bit. All right, let's jump right in. Let's see if we can get uh, knock a couple of these uh, out uh, and and you know the, the the you know the most important one in my opinion well they're all important but economic growth and job development is is uh, right here right on the front of uh, the top of the list for emerge twenty forty can you kind of uh, give a background for that priority Lath and and see where we're at here I would just say that historically in the last fifty years we have we have not invested and kept pace with our peer group in terms of economic development. So I think the recognition that economic development needs to be examined, rationalized, and funded is really kind of a core tenet of what you see with with uh, Emerge right now, that we need to make sure that we are being competitive as a community. And today that really means playing catch up in a lot of ways because we have not invested, we have, ne- you know, we've neglected some of the basic kind of uh, pillars of economic development for many years. All right, so let's let's unpack that a little bit because here's the things as a casual observer that we've that we've been hearing about. Number one, that we don't have any buildings available uh, if for a site selector True. to come in. How how does that happen? Like, or how do we fix well, that? Well, because here's what here here's the reality. Yeah. Okay, if we are in, let's go to Lehigh Valley. We'll stay in Pennsylvania. We'll stay in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Yeah. In Lehigh Valley, we don't need a public agency doing instigation on real estate development. Because the private sector can develop industrial parks and they can see a return on their investment very quickly. 
Here in Erie, we have to see the public sector kind of prime the well and be that instigator. So we've got a whole other series of kind of realities here because the demand isn't what it is in other parts of the Commonwealth or other parts of the nation in terms of absorption or demand for industrial property, et cetera. So, I mean, it's a, we have a different road to hoe here. So uh, you're, you're saying that... Um that the private investors don't see the ROI? They will not see the ROI here. And it, it could be for the next 20 years, they may not see the ROI here. It may take that. When you look, the Bayfront is a is kind of a poster child for this. I mean, you see the county putting money into the Bayfront. Hey, we're going to put the library. We're going to yeah. put... And then finally, you start to see private sector now coming in and making investment. But that didn't happen overnight. It's exactly the same thing with our industrial uh, uh, parks, our industrial buildings, spec buildings things, et cetera, we don't really have a viable inventory right now. Uh, That's just a fact of life. And this is one of a number of different layers and things in economic development that we need to be more attentive to. So that's, you know, it's, we, it's on the radar screen. People get it now. Everybody's focused on it. We're getting, we're getting our, our collective act together, but this is kind of the underpinning of the plan saying, look, we need to be competitive. Is there money to develop, uh, you know, have some building, get some shovel ready uh, parks going here? Again, uh, again, the the narrative is that we've got all of 12th Street that we could redevelop brownfields. Of course, there's stuff in all those buildings now. Most of those buildings are occupied mm-hmm. and things are happening behind those walls. Uh, the public may just not know that. Yeah. And so that's why uh, there's a there is a misconception out there that we have all this empty space, but we do not. And then, of course, uh, there's been a number of industrial sites that have been torn down. And, mm-hmm. and so it is just a brownfield now. And, and and that's in a whole nother situation. So it does cleanup need to be done. And and uh, so getting the, the funding for that. And there and there have been areas where that has happened. Um, but. Uh, you know, right now, I just in this past week, or we're only at Wednesday, I've already heard of two companies that uh, they're struggling to find uh, space for. Actually, I think there was three that were brought up um, for various reasons. Uh, sometimes you need the height. You know, there's just not the height in the type of building. Yeah. There might be space, but it's a 15 foot ceiling. That's not what an uh, industrial site needs. Mm-hmm. Um uh, sometimes it's location, but often it's just that we do not have the square foot that they need. And so we are looking at through, um, for example, the Erie County Redevelopment Authority. Do we need to kind of get into that space of building a spec type building? And it's, did, did the collapse of Develop Erie really set us back? It did. Yeah. Like, I mean, are we talking yeah. years at this point? Yeah, years. And here's the, and I'm just going to tell you editorially. Yeah. Develop Erie didn't need to hit a grand slam home run. All we need to do in Erie is hit singles and doubles on a consistent basis. So when we swing for the fences and we miss, are, again, the communities that we're competing against, and we are competing against thousands of communities, not only throughout the United States and North America, but throughout the world for finite investment, those communities are being very pragmatic, very systematic, very strategic in how they're making decisions. So when we go for this moonshot, essentially, yeah. and it doesn't work, it puts us back Many many years. All right. So what's what's a oh, yeah? What's a a, a single to a to single, left field right right now? What a, do we need to a do? Single is just what the county executive saying. Yeah. Spec buildings, new industrial parks, an inventory of sites and buildings that somebody from the outside looking in, knocking on our door, can say, you know what? I need fifteen thousand square feet. This is what it needs to look so like. So so is that on uh, Grunky now? Is that on the regional chamber as now? 
being the lead of the economic development infrastructure here in town? So what we've always felt we needed is that um, uh, concierge, I guess you might call yeah. it. Th- that who's going to really be looking at this on a very global perspective, but then not that uh, the Chamber and Growth Partnership is going to do all this work. There's other entities out there, such as the Erie County Redevelopment Authority and others like that who may do that work. But somebody has to be watching the whole thing and making sure that each entity is pulling their part you know, forward and uh, for whatever that business might need. Mm-hmm. So they're the one who can say, okay, business X needs this and this and this. Some, uh, they need a building. They need some funding. You know, How can we get this for them? How can we supply the resources, because we have the resources here. We have the tools here, but I don't think we've been using them in a, a collaborative effort. Like- yeah, and again, the, the the layman is scratching their head saying, well, you know, we have Fairview Business Park that we just sold for a dime on a dollar. We have we've had uh, Savacchio Business Park, which sat there with with one entity there. And, and again, they outgrew their facility. Right. Uh, uh, Paragon, from what I understand. And so, and so it's it's. We, you know, it's like somebody was asleep at the wheel, uh, not to mix my metaphors. I think there are a lot of people that were probably not asking the hard questions at that point in time. And and the best we can do now, I think, is hindsight is look back and say, let's not continue to fall behind. Let's yeah. can, let's try let's try to let's try to forge a path where we are are. Uh, you know, and again, that's really the plan here is yeah. really talking about taking a long term view that's not susceptible to political changes mm. or funding changes, really having it baked in. That's what we need. Progressive communities, any progressive communities, but the ones that we all look at, the Amazon contenders, they have that type of long term strategic view on how they're going to conduct economic and development. We're talking about our peer communities. I always talk about. Uh, Grand Rapids, you know, just kind of a more progressive approach to uh, to development. And again, they have, you know, they have Amway there. They have the DeVosses there. There's sure. there is a there is a sugar daddy, if you will, there. But uh, but, you know, but, you know, we have people that are interested in, in investing here. Um, but it, it just sounds like we, we're, we're kind of behind. And I think and again, we're doing better than some communities. You know, we're doing better maybe than than the northeastern Ohio, uh, northeastern Pennsylvania corridor. But gosh, with all the assets that we have and, and Miss and Duncan, you, uh, Kathy, you said that th- these are existing companies that are looking for room. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't have to convince them to come to Erie. No. They're here in Erie. And so that's one of our issues. First thing we need to do is take care of the companies that are here. Absolutely. You know, that's always retention has always got to be number one. And uh, so making sure that we can uh, provide what they need when they are at a place of growth. Um, and so that's what part of this is. But then there are companies who who maybe want to come here because they have a relationship uh, economically with one of our other companies. And I right. you know of a company like that that needs to be in Erie because of the work that they work, do with one of our other companies. How do we make sure that we're wrapping ourselves around them and their needs and helping them move here uh, with that piece of their operation? Um, well, the green shoots are d- places like uh, Knowledge Park. Exactly. I mean, the Knowledge Park was a yeah. huge success. I mean, mm. that is one of our really shining stars of exactly. how we did it right. Right. And again, uh, the people that want to avail themselves of the talent at Barron, they have to come to Barron well, to get just, the talent. You just said that the, the, that's the million dollar word. Sites and buildings aren't the determining factor on relocation strategies or even stay and go strategies. Talent is going to be the overarching 
variable that you're looking at. Just real quick, uh, as we kind of wrap up uh, uh, economic development, I, I want to pick up where you were talking about talent, because if there's been a thread in the last uh, 10 weeks of this program, is we've gone from that typical eerie narrative, oh, there's no jobs, there's nothing, to the point of, you know what, there's all kinds of jobs. We don't, we don't have the skilled labor to plug into those jobs. Can you speak to that, Leith? It's, it, that is a ubiquitous problem in the United States right now. That's a problem in Canada. That's a problem in Europe. The difference is when you look at like, we'll use Texas as an example, you have, you know, a thousand people moving into the state of Texas every day or something like that. I've seen numbers, a hundred moving into Austin. I mean, it, we, our problem here is we don't have the talent. Most communities don't have the talent, but we also don't have a point of replenishment because we don't see population, net population gains here, especially by the right people. By the right people, I mean young, talented, you know, agile, educated. We don't have those people. They're coming here to go to college and university, but they, we're not, we don't keep them here. We don't mm -hmm. offer a compelling case. I think the tide's turning on that, though. I think you're going to start seeing more and more people. Erie's much more entrepreneurial, thanks to Kathy and a lot of the entrepreneurial things that she's been promoting. And I think that's going to start resonating with with a lot of the college kids. They're they're going to find this isn't a bad community to live in and work in. I mean, that seems to be the the, the catch, right? Is if they can come here for school, if we can keep them. I mean, that it, it, it seems like we got a built in what four thousand uh, person market to say. You know, what would it take for you to stay here and and uh, plowing roots but but again here here i am my kids are uh, predisposed to stay in erie couldn't find a gig that worked for them right and they're gone on, yeah depending yeah. on what they're doing and what yeah. they're you know major engineers and what they and, do. Yeah. but i do believe uh to lace point we are building a different culture here now mm -hmm. and and you know and young people they have other um, things that they want besides just that job. Right? Sure. They want a place that's vibrant and lively. It's got coffee shops. It's got entertainment. It's got bikeable uh, areas. It's got all of that f feeling and vibe that makes the place feel alive. And that's something we're all working to try yeah. to uh, make happen here in, in a multitude of ways. So, uh, and then I think to that entrepreneurial piece, which was actually one of the big recommendations that, you know, the, one of the big things that came uh, through on the Emerge 2040 plan what we found, um, and this started uh, before the Innovation Collaborative even began, but there was a study done by Jumpstart, who's out of uh, the northeastern part of Ohio, and they came over here and they said, you have a lot of low-hanging fruit when it comes to entrepreneurism and, and innovation here. And so we've really been grabbing that and kind of changing the narrative. And when you see co-working spaces yeah. like Radius and you see, of course, the whole Innovation Center downtown and mm -hmm. you see even the Beehive Network. And so not only do we have all four universities involved in this, but we have the Blasco Library with the right. Idea Lab. And that's, mm -hmm. I always call it the baby beehive. But it's, <laughs> it is that place where people can kind of enter that world of innovation and, and take their idea in their head and make it a reality, just as the Lords did and the Hertz yeah. did and, yeah. and all those people that grew eerie uh, back, you know, a century ago did. And that's what we need to make sure we continue to foster. And that in and of itself, even if you're not an entrepreneur, you kind of buy into that whole feeling and vibe and it helps creating that quality of life that I think is exciting for maybe the younger generation and, and makes this place more appealing. And, and I think, uh, it, you know, it's incumbent upon listeners and people that read the paper, you know, stories to to communicate the new narrative, because uh, you just can't you just cannot assume 
that the opportunities are not there because they are there now. You know, everything from, uh, you know, from this innovation piece to, you know what, they're, they're really looking for some skilled labor at a lot of these locations. And now the wages are are coming up. Um, you know, one of, I, before we leave uh, economic development, I do want to say tourism is seems to be a, a really strong green shoot. Uh, and it's one of our short term goals here on Emerge 2040. Uh, you know, I mean, 4,000 hotel rooms. I know. Tourism is a huge economic generator in our community and has has really grown. And so uh, I think Visit Erie has done a great job. Of course, we have the hotel motel tax, which a number of years ago increased greatly, and that's been a big boon for them. So they have a source of revenue. Um, the Sports Commission, I can't say enough about oh what my. that group has mm-hmm. done. And they're filling hotel rooms at the time of year when maybe they aren't filled. So that's been bringing a lot of people. And then you see a, a facility such as Great, you know, the old um, Family First Sports Park. Yes. Yeah. And what they've been able to do. And, and the community came behind that and the renovation of that facility and, and even renovating the ice down at uh, the, the, you know, the Glenwood Ice Rink. And so all of those kind of things uh, add together to help improve, obviously, what we know we have the natural resources here right. for tourism, but you have to bring it all together. And there's more to be done in that area, but I think we've really come a long way. Yeah, the cross promotion has to happen. You know, if you're if you're at Waldemere, push people to splash, it's vice versa, or so on. You know, and and the the thought needs to be that it doesn't always have to be. And I love manufacturing jobs. I'm a manufacturing <laughs> geek. I love the technology assimilation in manufacturing, the skill levels in manufacturing. But today we're importing, Waldemere is importing fresh dollars into this community Absolutely. every single day. Presque Isle is importing fresh dollars. And there's a, also a ripple effect that a lot of times people that come here recreationally say, wow, this wouldn't be a bad place for me to live or set up a business or, hey, I have a cousin who's in Albuquerque and they're looking for a, an East Coast location. This yeah. would be great. So there's a lot of synergies, potential synergies here that we need to be looking at. And going back to what the county executive said, when we talk about keeping young people here, mm-hmm. those are the type of assets that are compelling for people. So, All right, let's, let's transfer it over to uh, education and training. So uh, again, uh, uh, we have very strong universities here. Uh, one of the, one of the, Kind of the p- mix, missing piece has been out there uh, since uh, the Bosworth report and probably out there since I was a wee little baby is the idea of a community college. Where is that stand right now? Uh, Kathy well, the application is still down at the state. It's been quite frustrating that it's taken this long for uh, any action to be taken uh, from that. But the uh, state uh, board of education has the application in front of them. They have to bring it forward uh, for a vote. My understanding is now we're looking at July as when they will do that. Um, We've been in constant contact with the State Board of Education, with the governor's office, and, uh, you know, continue to say this this is an absolute must need for our community um, to be viable going into the future. We have got to have that missing link of our education system. You have a a very powerful senator who's lobbying against uh, Erie County getting its own community college. He's he's not aware of how important it is, obviously, to our community. This is more important than the bricks and mortar that we are talking about, not only for resident businesses that say we need to ramp up our incumbent workforce, but we're talking about recruiting businesses from the outside. This is a basic checkbox. Do they have the capacity to give us the workforce that we need. And if we don't have a community college, this is no offense, we have wonderful universities and colleges here, it's not the same thing. 
we're talking about capacity, big capacity to be able to train workers of tomorrow. And that's a community college's role. There is not one vibrant community in the United States, successful community that doesn't have a community. College. I was going to say, as you go around the it's, country, it's, it, this is so, it is such it a is, unicorn, isn't it? It is. And, and when you tell people we don't have one based on the size of our market area, literally I have people gasping it and they're shocked <laughs> that we don't have a community college. Because it is just one of those essential land, labor, capital, technology ingredients for success. But they're just trying, you know, again, the, the near, and I, I've, I've had phone conversations, shouting co- phone conversations about this, you know, they're just trying to soak us for more taxes and it's, and it costs us a this fortune. Is the it, gift, this is the gift that's going to keep on giving mm-hmm. once we put it into place. This is going to be something that we're going to look back and say that was the best decision we ever made as a community. Yeah. It's it's that type of that this is a monumental asset for this community. And it is frustrating it didn't happen in 2001 and it didn't happen in 1965. It is, but we can't stop fighting right. for this because our citizens deserve this and our community deserves it and we as Laith has pointed out we really need it. I think one of the difficulties in our community is the name community college mm-hmm. because mm. everyone thinks Mercer's College, Edinburgh College. I mean, they were all colleges, yeah, yeah, yeah. college, yeah. right? So, and they now are all universities, but it's like, why do we need this? We already have these colleges and yet they don't understand. It's a very different um, education in terms of how affordable it is, how uh, flexible it is. A community college can turn on a dime and provide programming for whatever a business needs. It's very, very, um, flexible and it's agile agile yeah. thank you that's yeah. the word i'm looking for it's really mm-hmm. agile and uh and you know even today uh, my it director we were talking to a group of students from one of our local high schools and he was talking about it careers and the teacher was saying you know do they need a four-year degree because some of my best employees came from a two-year degree yeah. and they have the skill set they can come in get working right away and then he can teach them and they can grow in that field but they don't need to go and get that four-year degree and that's the difference there are certain uh, career uh, pathways that a two-year degree is not only satisfactory, but it's probably better and obviously a lot more affordable. And, and business is looking and saying, can you give us a scalable solution where you're listening to us? Somebody looking from the outside that wants to create 200 jobs, they want to know that there's an entity that they can partner with that can quickly be responsive to them, as the, as the county executive said. But it needs to be at scale. It can't yeah. be piecemeal. It can't be five employees this month and 10 employees. They need 200 employees tomorrow or next week or whatever. Can you do that? That's that's what the community college, that's what they're in business to do. And so do we have the right people that are uh, waving this flag? We do, but we could use more community members waving this flag. So okay. Any of your listeners who want to get out there and wave the flag, we educate yourself, educate your neighbors, educate your family, because I do think they're still in this community. As you say, you get some of these calls and people yeah. think it's just about raising their taxes. No, it's about educating our future workforce that's needed for the future viability of our community. I always go back to the idea that if, if, if you know, if these other communities that you're speaking of, Lath, that, you know, are smart enough. To uh, do, do develop these community colleges, and again, the the this, the California system is amazing. The Wisconsin system is amazing. You know, um, you know why why would we think that we're above them we're not. and not need this? But I would just say that when you look at what has happened to the Southern United States in the last fifty years, 
as companies started migrating south, there was a groundswell of support that we need to be able to ramp up and train these people. Mm -hmm. And now you have some of the most successful community college systems throughout the Carolinas, Georgia, oh, yes. Louisiana. You, I mean, yeah. th th those didn't just pop up because yeah. somebody thought it was a good idea. Those were in direct response to the needs of, of business and industry. That's what we need to be focused on. I think, uh, was it was it Aaron Brown? or One of our guests was talking about the North Carolina. He came out of the North Carolina Community College. They have a very like, strong community you know, college system there. You know, uh, James Grunke, we brought him up earlier, uh, the new CEO of the chamber, had came, come to, came to us from Boise, Idaho. He told me that 10 years ago they did not have a community college in Boise. And they now have 35,000 students going to that wow. school. And they have a plant with Wabtec there. And so he said, you know, yeah, if, if Wabtec or some other industry needs to ramp up, they just go to the community college. The community mm -hmm. college can create that program fairly quickly and help to train the workers that are needed for the businesses in Boise and Boise is not even really known as a manufacturing area, but they, and community colleges aren't just about manufacturing sure. healthcare. And mm -hmm. as I said, it and all of those type of uh, programs also, but you know, I think once we get our community college here, cause I'm very optimistic, we will. Uh, I think the people in this community will be amazed at how do we live without this for so right. many years? It's transformation. It will be transformational. Let's take one minute and talk about K-12 career pathways. Uh, are, we, are we helpful about what's happening as far as reaching children, you know, at the ninth grade level or even earlier to kind of the way they should go? You know, I think we're doing a much, much better job. And I have to really give kudos to the school districts who have come together and created a comprehensive career pathway uh, system. So if you uh, say your parents move from Waterford to Fairview, and so now you're moving school districts, it's all color coded. And so whatever pathway you were on in the one school district, you're going to go into the other and it's going to be seamless and mm -hmm. how you get to that uh, end point for yourself. And then, of course, with career streets, which is really um, something that's become um, talked about, you know, all over the state and even beyond, uh, we are making sure that children have the opportunity to uh, to have certain opportunities throughout their school years to explore different careers. And that's really what needs to happen. Kids don't know what they don't know. You know, right, they don't yeah. know about all the careers that are available. And we know that the careers that we have today are going to be completely different in five years from now. So that's Absolutely. the other thing, too, that we have to keep up. Career street, career pathways in the schools. Let's uh, pivot to vibrant and safe communities. The uh, mission statement for that segment is protect and revitalize Erie County cities and towns by targeting investment, building upon existing assets and fortifying neighborhoods. Uh, how would, how would, what would you say the state of our, you know, especially our rural boroughs and our townships, and we talk a lot about the city, but, you know, we've had the township guys come in, you know, they're, they're fighting the, the good fight about volunteer firefighting and, you know, and, and just some of the realities of, you know, Mill Creek's dealing with blight now. Uh, what's, your, what's your take on that? Well, I think one of the best things we did for for the blight issue and, and that type of issue is we created the county land bank yeah. this past year. And so it's just, you know, brand new. It's not even a year up and running yet. And we've had great uh, success going out and, and visiting these communities and, and kind of coming up with a strategy for each one of these uh, boroughs. It's mostly the boroughs who have the biggest need right now. A few of the townships do too, but those are uh, a little more urban areas uh, within Erie County. And so that's going to be um, very, I think, successful in terms of uh, another tool that they can use. And then when it comes to uh, some of the safe issues that you talked about with our volunteer firefighters and honestly our paid also, we have a big issue uh, kind of going back to the career piece. Um, we don't have young people going into those mm -hmm. careers yeah. and that is going to be a real problem. But we have started a recruitment and retention committee uh, uh, through the public safety 
department and we are the conveners. We're not going to be making the decisions, but what we're doing is bringing everyone around and we're the first um, county in the state to do this. And we know that this is a crisis situation. It's not just a problem coming forward. It's already in a crisis, but we are bringing them around the table so that collectively we can figure out what the solution is for Erie County when it's, comes to making sure that an ambulance shows up your, at your door when you need it or a fireman is available when you need him or her and that's what the end game is you have to be happy about the radio system and everybody's showing you know all the firefighters are showing me their apps yes. you know uh, that they get you know well the new radio system is going to be obviously great and that's that that was actually one of the first things that came out of the destination area planning process yeah. it didn't get put in as a recommendation because we already moved on it before we even got done with the first three years mm. but when they first sat around the table that was the number one issue and they jumped into it and now um, it's gonna it's it is a reality we are you know, finally going to get the hook up here shortly. And so, uh, and another part of this uh, vibrant and safe city, uh, communities is this whole planning thing. And so many, many of the municipalities have been going through their own planning. That seems to be coming along. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the things that I did is really um, ramp up the Erie County planning and community development department um, and really made it uh, a department that responds to the municipality's needs. So of course uh, the Erie refocus plan is the one that most people talk about, but we just, the planning department worked with Albion borough. Yeah. Albion did a great uh, comprehensive plan. They just uh, completed it a few months ago. Very, very doable for the community of Albion and and I think very impactful. Uh, We see the neighborhoods going and doing their plans. The downtown area has done their plans. Corey, there's a lot of really great things going on in Corey. And, uh, you know, so they are now working at maybe doing a a bigger plan for the Mm -hmm. entire Corey region. So what we see is this sort of um, ripple effect that's happening throughout all of Erie County. And I think that's going to, each community is going to have their own unique take on what makes them special. And uh, hopefully well, it breaks us out of kind of like the, you know, the, the strong man on council or borough council or so on to a best practice model. Don't you think? Uh, and there's recurring themes and o- overarching items in all these plans that are really best practice. That's the best part of this, that it forces everybody to take a look at where they are in the regional context and a global context. That's what this is all about. And we want to move to land use, transportation, and infrastructure. This is this is my favorite, you know, because I'm I'm a kind of transportation geek, and uh, you know, uh, there's principles that guide this. But the the idea is to promote sustainable growth patterns and efficient resource use by coordinating land use, transportation systems, and infrastructure investment throughout the region. And again, uh, the big part of this was to try to stem the sprawl that has kind of just been a part of our history here in Erie County. We haven't really moved the dial too much on population, but it seems like we're using a lot more land for urbanized use. Um, so how are we doing on that? Again, uh, uh, we were talking about you know um, lowering transportation costs and expanding public transit. And I know they've been doing a lot of work at EMTA. And again, you know, we had the major uh, organizational change mm-hmm. at EMTA recently, mm-hmm. right? We did. And um, I would say EMTA is on a good track to continue expanding uh, to the communities that really need that uh, infrastructure to be there. So Cory was one of the first places that we expanded into, and we started a loop around the city of Cory. Uh, you know, they had built the new hospital, uh, which is now further out from where most of the residential areas, and a lot of people were struggling to kind of get there. And uh, schools needed this transportation. So that loop 
was doing well. But once, um, I think it's four times a day, the bus goes between the city of Erie and the city of Cory through. Which is totally new. Yes. I mean, it used to be once a week. Once a week. Yeah. And um, now it's, I believe, four times a day. And since that's happened, they told my understanding is the loop within Corey has really uh, grown immensely in terms of people using the loop. So making those connections, that just shows that that's how you, uh, you know, get people from point A to point B and then to point C and onward. But uh, you need those connections to really make the whole system work. So I, I give a lot of kudos to EMTA for finding a way to make that happen. It's last minute before the news. What about comprehensive land use? Do we, is there such a thing as a comprehensive plan that, you know, I think about Portland, Oregon, where, you know what, you cannot develop past that beltway or whatever they call it. Uh, is, is, I, I know, you know, live free or die is part of our ethos, but uh, can, can we put a stop to some of this sprawl? Well, what we're working with is our municipalities, because in Pennsylvania, we're very parochial. Yes. So each, we know all 38 municipalities mm-hmm. have their own jurisdiction. But we're working um, through the Erie County Planning Department uh, with many of them to do model zoning ordinances, for example, things where they can determine what they want to see the growth be in their community, you know, whether that be Venango Township mm-hmm. or whether it be Union Township or whoever it is. Let them determine who that it, where the growth is going to be. But I think one of the things that struck me is when you think about this, for every new road we build, we're putting in new utility lines. We're putting in, you know, somebody's got to plow that road. And so every inch of road that you build is that much greater expense to the whole taxing body, whoever that is, whatever township you're in. And of course, spread across the same population. Yeah. 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 We're just, it's just like spreading the skippy, just extra thin on the wonder bread, isn't it? Because the other infrastructure doesn't go away. We've already got an hour in. Are you guys ready for one more half hour to talk about this subject? Sure. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> I know we can because we have to pivot over. County executive's to... got all the answers. <laughs> she, she she's got the answers. She, she has the answer sheet in front of her. She knows everything. <laughs> we got to pivot to uh, in the environment. Again, I got to get it all in in the next 24 minutes. So I want to move quickly here. But uh, I tell you what, uh, uh, we have this jewel of Presque Isle. We have this jewel of these of these creeks and these rivers because uh i mean i what i wasn't well we have a billion dollar tourist industry number one exactly and then we have all these people flying in to do you know fishing and what is it walleye no, I, I don't even i don't know steelhead steelhead, steelhead. Uh, sorry lee like, i i knew like i'd get it wrong too, yeah. and i just found out last week uh, at the uh, sport and travel expo that we have this amazing small mouth bass we do that you can only get to on a kayak at the tip of Presque Isle. And there's like, I mean, they're, they're pulling these massive smallmouths. Because, because th- th- that's the unintended consequence of the gobies. The invasive species have turned out to be, you know, chowder for the smallmouth. So <laughs> okay. the smallmouth have gone from like two pound smallmouth to five pound, six pound class oh smallmouth, thanks wow. to the gobies. So I learned something today. I did not know about this. So. Yes, yeah, the yeah. are a godsend for the, uh, yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, a priority, you know, for uh, the environment, again, it, it, hugely important uh, as we kind of make it through. And, you know, we want to guarantee Erie's environmental legacy for future generations by becoming better stewards of the region's exceptional uh, natural habitats and resources. And uh, we were talking about uh, a dedicated funding stream to preserve open spaces. Where, where would that come from? Well, so... 
what we are just finishing up is a Greenways uh, Trails Rec Plan, and um, county government doesn't own any parks. We divested ourselves of those many, many years yeah, ago. But uh, what's what's occurred then is we really don't have a very good uh, connection between all the green spaces and the trails and the parks throughout Erie County. So we are conducting this plan. It's almost done. And uh, and we've involved citizens and on all of our municipalities in this plan. And then from that, we're going to have priorities. And, and then the funding that we are able to uh, bring in will go to those priority projects. And so that will be coming out shortly. And I can't give you the answers on that. But uh, one example I do know that will be a priority is the Erie to Pittsburgh Trail. Mm -hmm. Um, If anybody has ever ridden on what they call the Gap Trail, the Greater Allegheny Passage, you can ride your bike all the way from Pittsburgh to Cumberland, Maryland, and then you can get on the CNO and you can go all the way to Washington, D.C. on your bicycle. And what it's done is it's brought economic... vitality to all these small communities who really don't have any industry left in them. And it's amazing what these uh, have done for that. So anyway, that trail will be one of the priorities. How do we get the piece that comes through Erie County? And then to like a rails to trails exactly. type of deal? Okay. Exactly. Now these are long term yeah. looks, you know, that takes many years to get built, but it's part of actually what they call the Industrial Heartlands Trail, which is over a thousand miles of trail system, Ohio, Pennsylvania, um, West, uh, West Virginia, Maryland, um, and a little bit in New, to New York. And so that's a really great trail system. So that brings people here. It kind of goes back to the tourism thing. Are you oh, concerned, just to just jump in for a second, are you concerned about the, uh, the, this whole recycling oh my crisis gosh, yes. that we are in now? Now, or? you've got to know that that is a not that's a, a global thing. It's a global thing because China, who is taking everybody's trash, has said we're not taking it anymore. Yeah. Oh, we're not taking all this contaminated trash. But and again, so the, the, they took seventy-five percent oh of the U.S. trash, and they said we're not taking it anymore. So that, and we call the recycling, they call the trash, and so that's really what happened. And so now we are in the middle of working with Penn State Barron and uh, others to try to find a new way to recycle some of the things that we know can be recycled. For example, glass. Yeah. Glass is one of the easiest things to recycle, but if it is contaminated with plastics and other things it now becomes very expensive. It's cheaper just to make a new glass bottle. Um, so we are much more limited in what we are all supposed to recycle at this point. And it's really hard for me as somebody who's recycled yes. my, my whole life to suddenly take that bottle and throw it in the trash instead of throw that glass bottle instead of throwing it in my recycling. So, um, you know, aluminum is still recyclable. Uh, some plastics, usually I tell people if you screw the top on, that's recyclable, right. so like a milk jug or yeah. a juice jug. Um, but, uh, you know, you're... It, it's astounding it's, to me that there's not an, an American market for this, but uh, I guess this has been... This this is even way beyond any of our individual municipalities. I, I understand that in, in the most eco-friendly communities out in San Francisco or whatever, they can't figure it out either. It's everywhere, and I think this is one of those things where we cross our fingers and hope tech can come up mm. with a solution that... We don't currently see. Yeah. I want to go back to the cycling trails. Yeah. There's a, if you look at the correlation of the most progressive and affluent communities in the United States, they are all cycling based communities. So when you talk about. That's quite a statement. It is. It's, it's talent attraction. It's, it's how you keep millennials, how you attract millennials. These are the type of initiatives. These drips and drabs are the way that we're going to that we're going to differentiate ourselves or at least put ourselves into the mix on on a strong economic footing. 
And, and again, Portland, people have to Seattle, realize. Yeah, I mean, all bike friendly yeah. communities wow. that are all very affluent. And in Europe, you look at like Amsterdam and I mean, you know, the it is there's a direct correlation. There's so many things we could talk about in this area. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to the to the trails and the and the green spaces and the open spaces to to making sure that our water quality stays good. I mean, we've got the algal bloom issue, which is a huge issue in, in particularly in Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm part of the Great Lakes Commission now, and I honestly did not know this until last week when I was in Washington at a meeting. But the Great Lakes Basin, now that would take the two provinces and all the states around the Great Lakes, taken in its entirety, is the third largest economy in the world. Wow. After China and the U.S. I had no idea. So we are sitting on such an important part of the economy of this country, um, certainly uh, of our community. And we have to make sure that we preserve the 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 natural piece of this the right. the good quality water and and all of those type of things. I mean, so, you know, Toledo's really facing this. Mm-hmm. So we are working really hard, and I have to give a lot of kudos to uh, what they call PA Vines, mm-hmm. and it's uh, all of those uh, vineyards that are along our lakefront, and they are working together to try to reduce the chemicals and things that they use because all of that eventually goes into our lake water, mm-hmm. and they know that that's a contributing factor. It's really um, kind of a best practices model that we have created here in uh, Erie County and along with uh, those into New York State. So uh, we're really working hard here, but we're only one small piece of the coastline of Lake Erie. And so uh, we're working, of course, across the whole basin. Uh, but there's a lot of good stuff going on there. Good. Let's uh, go to arts, culture, and recreation. Stimulate prosperity, vitality, creativity, and community by leveraging the region's history, uh, natural attractions, and arts and cultural heritage. I got to feel that we're feeling pretty good about this. And you know what? what's super cool about this is that many of our uh, heritage and, uh, you know, the, the real pillars of our arts communities are all under new leadership, new young leadership. And that's, that's exciting to me. I, go ahead. We have, well, we have folks from that are on the emerge uh, 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 steering committee that are those very people. And they're coming with new ideas from other markets. And it's just, it's really an infusion of a lot of excitement in the way things are being done right now. And they're working on, you know, they've been working that cultural master plan and, you know, um, and, and of course, uh, there's never been more attention to our immigrant populations and in, 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 in engaging their culture into our, our greater culture. Right. Yeah, the inclusivity. Everything you're talking about is not only things we're doing internally, but how the outside world benchmarks us and sees us. All these things have a direct bearing on for somebody that has no frame of reference. What's Erie PA like? Oh, they're a welcoming community. They're about arts and culture. They're entrepreneurial. They're increasingly more technology focused. These are ways that we define ourselves now. And it's all refreshing. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. You know, we call them new Americans here, um, which is a term I hear people using all the time in our community. And I said that term when I was outside of uh, Erie County and people like, wow, that's a great term. And I said, well, that's what they are. They're new Americans. Mm -hmm. And we've, and I think that just goes to the welcoming nature Mm -hmm. that our community has put forward and to uh, Lace Point. It's bringing diversity to our community and those who are looking, uh, uh, young people looking for communities, they want a community that also has diversity. In Canada, it's very prevalent across Canada that they are talking about immigrant attraction. Mm. 
those are strategies at the local level. Communities say, where can we go on the globe and bring people in that are going to augment what we're doing now? Where do we get the talent that we need? Where do we get the skills? Where do we get the entrepreneurial ideas? We're going to import people. So at a time kind of in the United States, where we're like a little leery about immigrants. Yeah. We look north and they're saying, give us what you have. We'll take what you have. We're going to make this work out for us. It's a great, this is this is one of those areas I think Erie's really doing a great job. And you look at what's happening at Erie Insurance where they are, you know, they're bringing in international uh, IT folks. You look at what's happening at Gannon University with their very, very strong uh, attraction of international students. Uh, again, it only bodes well for our community. We're not going to get Amazon, but when you look at the rankers or the, the kind of check boxes that Amazon has, Amazon, Apple, all those type of companies, even on a much smaller scale, are saying, is this a welcoming community? Is this a diverse community? Are there people of color here? Are they are they ingrained into the fabric of everyday lives or are they living in another part of town? Is it mm-hmm. a two-tier system? These are all things that tell the world who we are. Are we a healthy community? Community health is the next one. Improve the region's health outcomes by better coordinating approaches to community health and inspiring greater wellness and more active health habits. Now, you have a superstar at the Department of Health, right? Yes, I do. And Melissa Lyons and her whole team. And of course, um, we're bringing the Blue Zone uh, project to Erie County, starting with Corey and hopefully then to expand beyond um, is our first step in this. And that really is the gold standard when it mm-hmm. comes to public health and community health. And, uh, we, you know, we're the first community in the East, except for two communities in Florida. We're it. And so uh, I think that that really bodes well for where that will be an attractor unto itself. People are looking for healthy communities, and we will be one of those uh, top communities. I would think that uh, our our nonprofits, you know, the you know the American Health uh, Heart Association, you know, uh, the the multiple nonprofits in the healthcare sector, uh, they're they're doing a tremendous job for awareness. And and again, you know, there we we are high on some pretty bad factors. We're high on yes, we uh, obesity. We're high on. Uh, uh, and smoking, I, and I, yeah, smoking uh, and we're high on uh, diabetes of, yeah, and stuff. Lots of those it things. Just, and so we've got to work work our way through this. But, um, you know, well, there's Well, when you go back efforts. to economic development, I always say we can build all the bricks and mortar we want and we can bring in companies and attract and help our companies expand here and, and also provide great education. But if people aren't healthy enough to go to work, wow, that's a problem. And yeah. so we've got to make sure that we have people healthy uh, you know, when you read the statistics about how few young people could actually make it into the armed services because of their health, this is obviously a national problem, but we want to make sure here in Erie County we're doing our part to keep our young people healthy and then help our older people live so, out a healthy life. So you had James Grunke and Jake Rao from the chamber that were in Florida and for the International Economic Development Council, which is like the, you know, American Medical Association of Economic Developers. Wow. And they're talking about the the correlation between community health and vibrant communities and economic development. And the speakers there are talking about blue zones and they were blown away when Jake said, well, our county executive just brought blue zone. They were like, <laughs> you know, that's a big city thing. Yeah. That's a metro area concept. And they're like, wow. So again, these are things that define us in a very good way. These are things. And, you know, you start to marry these concepts together. Okay. Community health with a, a, a rails and trails system with, you know, cybersecurity downtown right, and, and all you know, these things start to build on yeah. each other. And now you've got some market momentum. Now mm-hmm. you're really seeing things in a different light. We like to call it the flywheel here. Yep. We, we're big, uh, 
uh, James. Now, now I'm forgetting his name, right? James. Uh, no, the, no. Uh, the 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 author of Good to Great. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, Jim Collins. Excuse me, Jim Collins. Yeah, we we all we, it was all on the tip of our tongues. Before we leave community health, uh, opioids. I don't even think uh, was even uh, mentioned in uh, March 2040 back in 2015. It, that is a very recent thing, right. but we are starting to see some some decline in the number of deaths at least. You know, we we did see um, actually about a 30% decline in deaths from 2017 to 2018, which is obviously a really good sign. How much of that is because we're using um, Narcan to reverse mm-hmm. uh, the overdose, overdoses and bring people back? And, um, and how many of that is actually, you know, are we making progress is, is still um, not completely known, but we are making progress. And when we see things like the warm handoffs, which happen in all of our emergency rooms, when someone comes in, there's somebody waiting there to say, we'd like to get you into treatment. That's really the ultimate goal is how do we get people the help that they need so they can, you know, get well again and, and go on and be uh, a productive person. Is there enough resources going towards this? I mean, from the state level, from the national level, do you feel like you're, uh, Actually, that, uh, we've gotten huge resources okay. coming in from both the state and the feds. And uh, we recently just uh, hired six or in the middle of hiring six more people to work in our drug and alcohol division. So I have to say the response from both the federal and state level has been tremendous. Um, but the issue that we keep stressing to the state and the feds is don't take back the funding, uh, but give us flexibility because the addiction of today will be another addiction tomorrow. Addiction isn't, is been an issue for a long, long time. Um, alcoholism is still the number one addiction yeah. in Erie County and probably always will be. Um, but you know, if it's not heroin, does it become meth? Does it become something else? Mm-hmm. And, and so this is a, we want to stop people from becoming addicted first. So we have a lot of work to do on the prevention side that, you know, we've got to, get back to a more vibrant community in many, many ways. And that will hopefully help lead young people into a different direction. But we know that the opioids were sort of a special uh, case in mm-hmm. that uh, the drug companies were really pushing them and people became addicted so quickly. And, and, and there was a lot of other issues, but addiction is still something that we have got to be able to attack from the prevention side and certainly from uh, the treatment side in a, in a much greater the way, way than we've been able to in the past. And, and now we have some better resources we should be able to continue to do that. Not to throw you a hardball, but I, you are a political person. Mm-hmm. Um, recreational marijuana, is that something that you are ready to support? You know, I, I mean, I understand. I don't think it's in and of itself, it's really maybe worse than alcohol, but I do know it's a gateway drug. Yeah. Um, Everybody and, we had on, including your own drug and alcohol mm-hmm. guy, yeah. said uh, it, 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 it definitely opens the door. It opens the door. Um, it, it, it concerns me. And the other thing that concerns me um, in terms of the workforce is uh, like manufacturing facilities. They have to drug test. And um, we, as we know, uh, the effects of that, not the effects, but the substances stay in because it's a fat, it's in your fatty system. So it stays up to 30 days. So you may have um, smoked uh, marijuana on Saturday and you go to work on Monday and it's going to show positive, although you're not high on Monday. Yeah. So there's no test to show is that employee high today or are they just a weekend recreational user? That's concerns me when it comes to the workforce and what's going to happen to uh, the ability to get people a job. Drug tests in, the, in states that have adopted recreational marijuana are basically a non-factor now. Wow. So, yes. so I mean, so you, you, 
could have stoners showing up on your well, on your line. Just what just what the county executive said. What's yeah. the difference? Between, how are you going to determine whether somebody's stoned now or whether they did yeah. it a, a week ago? So pretty, pretty. these are new these are new new problems. Where yeah. there's no rule book. Yeah, but the one thing I will say about Pennsylvania with the medical marijuana, we waited until a number of other states did it, and we actually have some of the best laws in the country yeah. on that. And I'm hoping that if we do move forward with this through the state legislature, that they learn from other states and find the best practices out there and roll it out in a way that would be... I just wish they weren't salivating so much over the tax revenue. I mean, it it just seems very unseemly. This is is like the prison, you know, people building prisons in the 80s. It's the same kind of mentality. Or gambling establishments. We're really going to... not. Not thinking about infrastructure or societal Mm -hmm. ramifications, just going for the quick money. Yeah. Regional collaboration and leadership. You're you're a leader, Mrs. Dahlkemper. Um, How do you think we're doing as as a community? Are we working together better than before? We are working much better. Um, you know, I'll just take one example. Last year with uh, what we call RACB grants, or a, a redevelopment assistant capital program out of the state, um, those uh, many of us in elected positions got together, we prioritized, we sent that priority list down to the state, then they followed through and were able to bring some good money to our community. Um, I'm working very closely with the mayor and with uh, the city and the mayor of Erie and the mayor of the city of Cory and with many other elected officials on some really great initiatives. Um, you know, public safety, we already talked about the retention yeah. and recruitment committee. So I think that there's more collaboration um, going on today than I've really ever seen. Um, we can always do better. But the COG, the Council of Governments, um, which had really kind of been waning, is building up again under the direction of Jessica Haran-Kunko. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really good. So we need, we all have limited resources, and we need to use our limited resources in a way that collaboratively can take us to something bigger. And I think we all realize that, and we're working hard to try to do it. When can we get gnarly, though? I mean, when, when, when can we go for broke and do something like a metropolitan fire department so that all of these little... Uh, all of these issues with uh, not being able to staff volunteer fire departments. I mean, start really think, sharing I think, services. I think that's around the corner. I think we're getting to the point where we can start doing more kind of self-actualization stuff as yeah. a community. The only thing I want to just mention, Joel, just because a lot of times people say like, you know, I sit on a lot of different boards, not as many as a county executive, but I sit on a lot of different boards. What I love most about what we see with Emerge is just the fact that you have a diversity of stakeholders coming in on the working committee and you have just a lot of synergies develop just organically. You have a very diverse cast of characters that are sitting around the table every month. And, you know, you have Marcus Atkinson talking to Bill Pettit and you get you just get these type of synergies there that you don't find most of the time. It's, you know, I go to the, no offense, I go to the chamber board meeting. It's kind of like pretty monolithic, you know, (laughs) but you go to, you know, you go to emerge and you really have a lot of different people coming with a lot of different perspectives. And I, I think that's a role above and beyond everything we've talked about today. That to me is the core function of what it represents. The ability for all these different people to come together and from different perspectives, kind of share and care and, come up with better solutions it's all it's all to move the, the community forward yep so we'll see what happens thank you so much uh county executive kathy Dahlkemper, Lath wardy from uh executive pulse and also on the standing committee of emerge 2040